why do I wonder if I am the narcissist? I hear so many victims ask this, am I the narcissist? How do I know that I'm not the problem in here? Why do we question this so hard? I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and I want to dive into this question today. You know, I asked myself these questions too. You're not alone in this. For those of you who don't know, I do run a Facebook group, and the Facebook group is called Covert Narcissism Group. It's a closed group that's for uh, victims of narcissistic abuse, in specific, covert narcissistic abuse. And it's a closed group. You can you can come and join if that's a group that fits your needs, uh, but you just have to let us know why you need in. But uh, we have a huge group. I've got over 51,000 people in this group. And yet I hear it over and over. Am I the narcissist? Why do I feel like I'm the narcissist? Many covert narcissists will accuse their victims of being a narcissist, especially now. This word has become so common and it's being thrown around and especially now they will do that. They will point out things that you are doing that makes them the victim. Well, of course they do. This is what they specialize in. They, they, they are the victim in everything. That's what they do. And so in any interactions they have with you, they're going to, going to point out how they are the victim of your bad behavior. And often, I will say, often they, they are so good at this that they will put in just enough truth into what they're saying to make you truly question it and truly start to believe it. They are experts in this. I talked about it actually in the podcast already. We've been talking about how, you know, covert narcissists play the victim. They're so manipulative and they turn everything around at you. They will make you feel bad for how they are feeling and they will use just enough truth to confuse you. I want to give you a couple of examples. So in one, this is personal examples from my own life, from my marriage. I was married to a covert narcissist for almost 21 years. And it's an example specifically, you know, from this. I was telling him one time, you know, trying to find a way to fix our marriage. And I was telling him that I didn't feel like I could just ever have a simple conversation with him. Like it couldn't just be spontaneous and easy, even if it was over a nothing. I had to plan everything out in my mind. I, I would practice many times, you know, all these different ways of saying something to him to find the one that I thought was the least likely to cause a problem. My brain was exhausted. And yet the problem still always came. And so I'm trying to explain this to him. And his response, he said, I feel that way too. I have to think things out and plan things out. I just can't talk with you freely because it always ends in a problem. This is not on me. This is your fault. Well, then I started wondering, do I make him feel uncomfortable in conversation with me? Do I cause the problem? Am I making, you know, this, this situation up? Am I making this up in my head? And, and so you start to wonder, well, of course he feels this way. He always feels this way. He does plan things out because that's what covert narcissists do. Their conversations are competitions. He prepares them. He plans them in his mind. And, and they take this long moment of silence to pause so they can so carefully consider their words. They're manipulating their words around so that someone always wins and someone always loses. And of course, this causes dissension and problems. This is not my doing. Conversations that I have with other people in my life, they're spontaneous and they're easy. They're not competitions and battles. Only with the covert narcissist. 
So of course he feels this way because that's what he's bringing to the table. Then when he blames it on me, that's projection. I'll give you another example. My husband was addicted to gaming. Uh, he played hours and hours and hours, weekends, weeknights, it didn't matter. He'd come home from work and go straight to the computer or straight to his phone. He would play all the way up until, you know, late after the kids had gone to bed, and then he'd go to bed, he'd get up in the morning, he's right back on playing. The weekends, it was nothing for him to spend, you know, up to 12 hours playing video games. It was crazy. And add to this, he had absolutely no relationship with me or with our boys. The, the gaming definitely got in the way of that relationship, but even the interactions we did have were so unstable and, and heated that it, it was just impossible to have a relationship of safety and security. So one time I was trying to talk with him about this, and I was talking to him about the lack of relationship that he had with me and with our kids, and I pointed out how many hours that he spent gaming and how much family life he was missing out on just by not being there. Well, he fired back at me. Well, you waste time too. You do things that, you know, that waste time. Everybody does. And he compared it to the time that I spent practicing the piano and stretching on the floor. Those were the two biggies that he kept throwing back at me. Well, yeah, I spent time practicing the piano. I was, at the time, I was working as a professional pianist. And so I worked, I worked at this and I worked hard at it, but I also worked hard to keep my schedule to where my practice time was when the boys were at school and while he was at work. In fact, he once commented that he missed hearing me play because he never got to hear me play anymore. Well, that was because I worked to make my practice time be when they weren't home. Because then when they were home, I wanted to be available to my family. And so I worked hard at this. And, and I had a strong relationship with our boys. And yes, I spent time in the evening stretching. Sure, while we were watching TV with the kids, I would sit on the floor stretching my legs. Uh, while, I'm sorry, while I was watching TV, he was up gaming. But I would sit on the floor and stretch. That's not a problem. In fact, it taught my boys to stretch, and they did it with me a lot of the times. And while I was stretching, you know, if I stretched as much as he gamed, shoot, I'd be one crazy flexible person. But yet there was just enough truth in what he was saying that once again, it made me question myself. Was I creating the problems? Was I no different than him or he no different than me? Well, wait a minute here. I am different. It took me a while to finally be able to verbalize some of this. And, and you're trying to explain things that, that almost words can't quite grasp what we're trying to explain here. A covert narcissist is so full of relationship flaws. You point these flaws out to them trying to help the relationship. And they fire back at you regarding the few things that you could have done better. Well, guess what? You are human. And, and yes, you have flaws. You have things that you could do better. Everyone does. So yes, they fire these things back at you, but they fire back those few things that you could have done better. And suddenly they're off the hook for the, all of these relationship flaws. You acknowledge those ways that you could improve and you start working on them. And in fact, you find yourself working hard to be perfect. You no longer allow yourself any room for those flaws because you see, once you become perfect, then he will no longer be able to point out anything in you. That was kind of my strategy is, okay, I need to fix all of these things so that I can take away his ammunition. If I fix all of these you know, flaws that I do see in myself, then there's no more ammunition and maybe finally we can focus on him. Finally, we can talk about the things he's doing. You spend a lifetime trying to be perfect. And I'm sorry, no matter who you are, you cannot do that. 
you are going to have flaws. You are going to have things where you hurt someone's feelings or you step on someone's toes. It's going to happen. So we come back to the question, am I the narcissist? Well, just because you do something athletic, this does not make you an athlete. Think about that for a minute. Have you ever thrown a ball? Have you ever kicked a ball? Have you ever run to catch a bus or play in a, you know, a little chase game with your kids? Have you ever run? You know, you throw, you kick, you run. These are athletic things, but that does not make you an athlete. Have you ever done something musical? Just because you've done something musical does not make you a musician. Maybe you sing in the car. Maybe you sing in the shower. Maybe you dance in the living room, or maybe you go, you know, out and do some, some line dancing with some friends. This does not make you a musician or a dancer. Just because you do something narcissistic does not make you a narcissist. We all do some narcissistic things. We all get overly defensive about something. It's going to happen. We all get prickly every now and then. We all have moments of jealousy or moments where we overstep our boundaries. We all get, you know, stand up for ourselves and, and can get a little harsh on that. Hey, what about gray rock? Have you ever gray rocked? I was gray rocking him in my marriage before I even knew what the phrase meant. Gray rocking means you start giving those short answers. You don't engage with them because it's not safe. You emotionally shut down to them. And, and I was doing that. Does that make me a narcissist? No, I was doing it because I wasn't safe in that relationship. We're going to dive more into that one. It falls under reactive abuse. And that's my next episode's going to go in further detail on that. How about desiring for life to be about you, even for a moment? That can feel narcissistic because for just a moment, let this be about me. Well, isn't that narcissistic? So yes, we all do some narcissistic things, but this does not make you a narcissist. You can even be a victim in a situation and actually, you know, talk about being a victim and, and the victimhood and you're a victim of narcissistic abuse. So are you playing the victim and being a narcissist? No. I'm going to add another layer to this. When a non-narcissistic person experiences some of these things, you know, gets overly defensive or plays the victim or oversteps their boundaries. When they do some of these things, they typically realize it later in self-reflection. Non-narcissistic people take time, actually spend time reflecting on their actions, their words, their behaviors, and they come back, they apologize, and they desire to make things right. I got news for you. A narcissist will never, ever do this. They feel completely justified in their behaviors and words. They do not come back and actually attempt to make things right. They might come back, but they come back to defend their actions. They come back to tell you why they were right. They do not come back to make reconciliation with you. My last episode was about the lack of reconciliation. I'll add one more complication to this. If you've ever been in a lengthy relationship with a covert narcissist, there's a good chance that you also no longer come back and apologize and try to make things right. You probably did at the beginning. I spent over half of my marriage trying to do that, but I reached the point where I quit trying because it's not possible and it's infuriating. It just would drive you crazy. That lack of reconciliation is so damaging. And so when you're, when you're trying to make things right is not emotionally or psychologically safe for you, you stop doing it. But this is for survival purposes and this does not make you a narcissist. 
You know, everyone, like I've been saying, has some narcissistic behaviors. Victims of covert narcissism, they're often so confused. Reality is so mixed up and perceptions are all messed up because the covert narcissist will project and throw everything back at you. And you believe them because you want to believe in the relationship. You want to believe in them. And so everything just gets all mixed up. You know, we all do some things that line up with narcissism. Just like we all do some things that line up with other stuff too. We all do some athletic things. We all do some musical things. We all do things that line up with being old. Or we all do things that line up with being young. We all do all these different things. But that does not make you a narcissist. You know, we all have selfish moments, but does that make you a selfish person? The narcissist in your life, let's look at this the other way around. That narcissist has generous moments. My, my husband had some generous moments. Did that make him a generous person? No. You know, he even had some compassionate moments and and I hung on to those. That's those breadcrumbs we hang on to because we want to believe they're a compassionate person. He had some compassionate moments, but he certainly was not a compassionate person. So get off your back. If you are asking, you know, am I a narcissist? narcissists do not believe that there's anything wrong with them. Not even the slightest little thing. They will not accept that anything is wrong with them. And so if you are questioning this and even willing to consider it, this is a very strong sign that you are not a narcissist. That self-reflection, that peace does not happen in a narcissistic person. So I mentioned reactive abuse and I want to define it right here. And then in the very next episode, um, I am going to go into a lot of detail on reactive abuse. Reactive abuse is what happens when a victim, the victim, lashes out towards the abuser because of the abuse they are experiencing. That lashing out that happens when we finally can't take it anymore. That is reactive abuse. Now the abuser is going to tell you that you're overreacting and being dramatic. This can cause the victim to lash out even more. And this is proof then that you are crazy and unstable. This is proof to the narcissist that you are crazy and unstable. But listen to me, that does not make you a narcissist. Reactive abuse is a real thing. We are going to go into a deeper look at it in the very next episode. So be sure to catch that one. Hit that favorite button or subscribe button on this podcast so that you don't miss it. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.